0: All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I am joined by a special guest in a former co-host of the Locked On Falcons, Alan Sterk. And he's going to talk with me today about the NFL's move to 17 games, as well as his thoughts on the Falcons offseason moves so far. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So, guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FoulFans.com. R.I.P. still going strong on Twitter at FoulFans, and of course the host of this preeminent Locked On Falcons podcast, or daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast. Network your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Falcons is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you. So today is part one of two in which I have a conversation with Alan Sterk. So you're going to hear Alan on today's episode, as well as tomorrow's episode to wrap up the week. But today's topics are going to include Alan's thoughts on the 17 game schedule expansion. And if that's only the beginning of the expanded schedule uh, for the NFL in the coming years, he'll give his thoughts on the free agent moves done by the Falcons this offseason and sort of compare and contrast a little bit of whether Terry Fontenot's First offseason as Falcons general manager is similar to Thomas Dimitrov's first offseason as general manager, at least as far as it goes to free agency and the moves that the Falcons have made in in terms of their low key offseason. And then we'll sort of wrap up today's episode answering a listener question about who we think are the top three free agent signings over the Falcons history over the past 20 years. So, you know, we'll we'll revisit like Rod Coleman and Warwick Dunn and Michael Turner and those guys. So, uh, you know, Alan and I love going back down memory lane. So those are going to be the topics of conversation on today's episode. Tomorrow's episode, we'll get into Alan's thoughts on the draft and Matt Ryan and taking a quarterback and sort of that big topic that certainly a lot of guests over the next uh, four weeks will be coming on the podcast to share their thoughts on. But without further ado, let's sort of jump into that conversation that I had with Alan Stirk about the NFL expanding to seventeen games. So, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman, and today I am joined by my special guest, Alan Stirk, former co-host of the Locked On Falcons podcast. Here to join me today, coming here at the end of March. This is usually the time and previous incarnations of this podcast when alan and i were hosting together this would be basically like the last episode where alan uh would just basically pull the parachute on and be like oh, i'll see you guys in may because he doesn't necessarily do the draft conversation so i figured keeping tradition alive by having alan on at the end of march i guess technically the beginning of april uh for most of you listening to this but uh alan welcome back to the show my friend
1: oh, i thought you were having me on because it's my birthday in a couple of days and you know you gotta get your jokes in.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'll save those to the end of the show. I'll save those to the end I of the know. show. Um, I-, I wanted to get your thoughts on the big, I guess, the somewhat big news, although we- we've kind of known this was going to happen for several months now, but it-, it became official that the NFL is moving to a 17 game schedule. I'm curious, you know, is this one of those, well, you know, typical NFL move or, you know, do you have a, a strong pro or con take, I, I-, I guess, against this move?
1: Uh, I, I think you nailed it when it came to saying like typical NFL where it's just one is enough enough. Like I feel like every year they're trying something new and just like why are you messing with something that was that was well structured everyone enjoyed. Like to me, I just don't get why they changed up the playoff system. I just think you're rewarding mediocrity that they did, and I don't think the extra games really improved the quality, you know, especially watching that horrific new orleans chicago game. You know, i know indy buffalo was kind of entertaining but it's just like you see like how much the product is kind of diminished at times over the years and i still can't stand thursday night football for a large part just because you're asking a lot for players playing on what four days notice you know pretty much like the way they have to recover and now you're adding another game like i just think you got a appreciate the quality of football and you will know, put the players in the best positions possible to play at the highest level. And I just think this is another move that doesn't really do it. And I don't think it's like that substantial, but it's just like, what is the real benefit of this other than, you know, I guess revenue growth, you know, that's usually the case, but I don't know. I'm not, yeah, I'm not in favor of it at all. I think it's kind of unnecessary, kind of similar to you know them expand the the 12 to 14 teams I thought was unnecessary, and I think this is unnecessary as well.
0: So it sounds like if I could uh, boil down your um, thoughts on it, it sounds like mm-hmm. you are you think the league is watering down their product, but it's not so watered down where you can taste it yet, but it's just like a slippery slope that eventually they're just going to get to a point where it's like this is just not a good product anymore?
1: No, I don't think it will ever go to that extent. That's kind of extreme saying it's not going to be product anymore. They're still playing good teams, a lot of exceptional players. I just hate the fact that you know we talk talk about player safety and how is this like helping player safety? Like, I just I don't get that, and, and I wish they could work towards a way to make Thursday night football more, I guess, it's better. This is to put it bluntly. Like, you have teams really suffering? Like, I can I can't name more than like five memorable Thursday night games. I just think. You, know, you have all these minds in there, like the way you could structure if you really want football to be on Thursdays. You know, make a you know, Have a bye week here or have a team play then. Like, I don't know, you just got to be creative with it. And now it's just like playing even more games. And it's just uh, – I think the quality has kind of regressed over the past few years. And you just see, it, like, it gets – kinda of tiresome and I know some people be like, no, more football the better. Like I just that's not my viewpoint. I want the highest quality possible. I know it's hard because some teams are terrible, but at least put them in the best positions to compete.
0: Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't have any additional thoughts on top
1: of that. Um yeah. and it also hurts then that we're losing eight and eight. Like you know how sacred that record is <laughs> there's a lot of sacred records. But eight and eight seven and nine of course shot Jeff Fisher. Um, There's some records, and now it's like, tell me a team could go 12 and five? Like, what kind of baseball score is this? Well, I don't like baseball.
0: Nine and eight does feel like a a participation trophy for eight and eight. It's like a slight (laughs) improvement. It's like, well, we had a winning season, but it's just basically the new eight and eight.
1: Or how about eight and nine? It's like, hey, at least no double-digit loss season. Yeah, double-digit. We're competitive. Yeah, like that's that's we're avoiding then you get to, like, I don't know. Like, could you imagine going, like, one, what was it, 1-16? in 16? Yeah. That's what it would be, like. Uh, it's going to be hard. Like, I think, shout out to Robert Mays, uh, he said the best. He's like, there's two things I'll never let go of. calling to Chargers, San Diego, and referring to a team of 7-9. I was like, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, it, it is. It, the shorthand is, you know, it's going to be tough tough to, to wrap your brain around different combinations because like wh- what a 7 and 9 team, what an 8 and 8 team, what a 9 and 7 team they all have like a different feel to them and now it's like going to be weird be like what's a 7 and 10 team feel like what's a 9 and 7 9 and 8 team, 10 and 7 see it's so comfy, yeah, you yeah. can't stay off the top of your tongue like, yeah so okay I guess that's a definitive take if, if people, you know, the math doesn't check out so boo 17 games right <laughs> It just. Uh, are you at least happy about only having three preseason games? Is that an improvement to you, or are, are you equally sort of, n- or not moved by that? I guess.
1: I guess that's an improvement. I know people have wanted two for a bit, but I think just you gotta give coaching staffs more opportunities to evaluate players. You know, I think two is a little uh, shortchanging, and I think you need to give them time. So yeah, I actually think three is a good balance.
0: Okay. So, um, I guess the inevitable question is how long are we at 17 before we eventually get back to that even number of 18 in your eyes?
1: Oof. 18 games. Oh man. Um, oh, could, like, could I, could you really give like a prediction for that? Like an actual credible prediction? Like if I put a number on, I just feel like I'm talking just to be talking. Like, I don't know, like you gotta really look into like how, you know, not just the quality, but like how player safety is. Cause you know, there's gonna probably be bargaining, and who knows where they're gonna go forward, right? and what the owners think too. So, uh, that's a real complex question. I don't know how I could give oh. a credible answer.
0: Okay, okay. Do you uh, think it's uh, inevitable that we will get to eighteen games?
1: Uh, yeah, fortunately. You know, I just NFL money, money.
0: Okay, all right. That's the answer you need. So, five years, ten years. At some point, we'll get there. Probably less yeah. than five, I think. Less than five. I think it will be less than five. I think we'll have like maybe four years of 17 games and then we'll move to
1: 18. Wow. So like football will end in what? Like late February?
0: Yeah. Like Super Bowl will be like February 23rd or or something ridiculous like that or something like that.
1: Man, they can't have Super Bowl on Valentine's Day, man. They're going to ruin everything. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's yeah. true. Uh,
0: there will be protests in the streets, I, I guess,
1: or or at least, how about this? Have the Super Bowl the day before President's Day, so we can finally get that Monday off. You know that that's something that could really help the product, man. You know how much people have been begging for the Super Bowl the, the next day to be like a holiday. Mm-hmm. Why not do it the day before President's Day? At least now it's justifiable.
0: Yeah, I think that's the Daytona 500
1: Sunday, though. I mean, That's oh, that's the right. thing that's. Complicated. I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna say anything derogative right now. But okay. I I yeah. It, it just come on. Okay. That's I'm
0: all, right. <laughs> all right, listeners uh, are outraged right now. Don't do it. All right, so we're gonna keep this conversation going here with Alan Sterk, uh, talking more about the Falcons and their offseason moves as we continue today's Lockdown Falcons. And before we get there, guys, I do want to plug the MLB side of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where today, of course, is opening day. And if you want to get your favorite MLB team's reaction, response to what happens on opening day, of course, you can check out a daily podcast. Uh, And if you're a Braves fan, you can check out a daily podcast on the Atlanta Braves, Lockdown Braves, of course, hosted by Dylan Short. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. So I've told you guys in the past, how recently I had to get some work done on my car. I had to get my brakes fixed. I got to get a taillight replaced. And once I saw the receipt for what I paid at the shop, I looked at it and I said, look, man, I could have saved a lot of money. Had I just gone to rockauto.com, they have everything from engine parts, motor oil, new carpet. And of course the brake parts and tail lamps that I needed to get worked on. And I could have gotten all those things, in a few easy clicks delivered directly to my door, you can too because the rockauto.com catalog is unique. It's easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck and choose by brand specification and a price that you prefer. And, of course, those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. The same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on into the How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So it's April, and we finally get to decide which Built Bar flavor is the best. All throughout March, Built Bar has been unveiling their bracket for the best flavor with daily matchups between the top flavors, and you can pick yours now at BuiltBar.com. And today, we finally get to the championship to see which Built Bar flavor is the best. It's down to cookie dough chunk versus coconut brownie chunk. I haven't had cookie dough chunk. I know coconut brownie chunk is... Delicious cookie dough chunk sounds delicious as well, but I gotta go with the the tried and true coconut brownie chunk in my eye. But if you guys don't know anything about built bars, they're the best tasting protein bar on the market. They taste just like a candy bar, so they come in delicious flavors like cookie dough chunk, coconut brownie chunk, a whole bunch of other flavors beyond that. And built bars aren't just delicious, they're healthy too. They're low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber. And you guys can go. Vote for your favorites. Heading over to BuiltBar.com. make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, pick your favorites at BiltBar.com, and when you do, make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. So I got you guys covered on all things Falcons, but what about the rest of sports? And, of course, host Peter Bukowski has you covered now with the Locked On Today podcast. It's all the sports news that you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe today to the Locked On Today podcast. Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm here with Alan Sterk, and uh, let's talk about the Falcons' offseason. Pretty low key, I guess. Any thoughts on low key? Were you? Is this what you expected? Is this what you were hoping for? Would you? You know, do you want to see the team go in a different direction?
1: I kind of compared to 2008 minus the Michael Turner sign. I think you'll forget how low key the 2008 sign, uh, off season was, just because. Like, a lot of it was kind of under radar, depth signs. It was just more of, our. this team needs to get some kind of identity after just, you know, the crisis that was 2007 or, you know, insert any sort of negative word you want to use. I just think given the cap constraints and uh, I think it's Arthur Smith just kind of wanting to you know, build a new identity um, without much cap flexibility. It's like, okay, we well, got to make do with it because if you remember, like, Outside of Michael Turner, it was like Eric Coleman, Justin Peel, Ben Hartstock, the late trade for Dominic Foxburg in September. Like that, you know, everyone got excited about Michael Turner. Understandably how, so. How, how
0: dare you, oh. Alan?
1: How did oh, you forget missing, Von, Hutchins. Von Hutchins.
0: Von Hutchins, uh, Alan. Man, Von, uh, he was from Houston, right? Yeah. I don't think he did he play did for he the Falcons. Play? He got he got yeah. hurt. I know he got hurt in 08. and did he I don't know if he played if he played in 09, it was just special teams.
1: Yeah, like, come on, you know I know my ridiculous old school. I don't remember very uh, I knew Von I was going to miss a name. I knew you were going to call me on a name.
0: For for, I only remember Von Hutchins because it was just so random. Because I remember when we signed him, mm-hmm. everybody was like, oh, this is our new starting corner because I think we were replacing, like, Lewis Sanders, and we needed oh, a number two opposite D'Angelo Hall or whatever. And I want to yeah. say Lewis Sanders was that guy in 07.
1: He replaced Jason Webster.
0: yeah. And um, I just remember they they signed Von Hutchins like yeah he was like okay for Houston like let's give him a starting spot you know it's kind of like Fabian Moreau signing this uh, year and it's like then you know Von Hutchins got hurt and was never heard from again
1: you know, what would have happened, they wouldn't have to had signed Ron Hutchins if only joint, the great Jimmy Williams panned out.
0: Yeah, if only Jimmy Williams had panned out. If he hadn't <laughs> decided to bulk up to 250 in the offseason because he wanted to be a box safety.
1: Oh, man, classic. But that's what I kind of compare it to. Now, I don't think Eric uh, Harris is going to be Eric Coleman. Um, I don't think uh, Barkevious Mingo is going to be any sort of difference maker, but you know they're making they're just trying to get by. I guess like I, I'm, it's hard to be enthusiastic about the off season, but it's just you kind of gotta. I think this off season will ultimately be judged about the draft class, kind of like it was in two thousand eight. Like yeah, Michael Turner was amazing, and Eric Coleman gave him a solid year, but besides that, no one really talks about the free agent class two thousand eight. They talk about that draft class, so I think ultimately this off season is going to be determined about what they do in the draft. So. That's, you know, I think that's what everyone kind of expected. You know, I do like the Mike Davis sign. Think who's going to be critical of that? You know, after what he did last year, I think he's got a pretty impressive resume. Even though you do get a little concerned about just you know how much he handled the workload. Like he was like a real workhorse for Carolina last year. And you know, there's a couple of places that um, in Seattle um, or the Seattle or Chicago. Where did it not pan out? Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. So he's had a couple places where it didn't go right, but. I just think based off last year, like I think he was like second in the elusive rating. Like, did you see its that? Yeah, he was like top three. Yeah, and I remember against Arizona. Oh, he made Devondre Campbell look so bad. Like there was a play where Campbell came in on block and Davis just outjuked him and got through. Like Mike Davis has legitimate talent, so I think it's because I personally want Phil Lindsay, but. I don't think it's a scenario like last off season I was you know, I I you looked at the two main free agent running backs were Melvin Ingram Todd Gurley, and I was just like oh uh Melvin Gordon, excuse me. And I was just like, I think Melvin Gordon's the guy, not Todd Gurley. I think it's pretty well documented. Like Melvin Gordon still has a lot more juice in the Tank and I know Melvin Gordon didn't light up last year, but it was obvious that he's a better player than Todd Gurley. So I don't think Mike Davis is gonna be like a superior player to Philip Lindsay, but I definitely slightly prefer Philip Lindsay just for like the home run hitter factor, but in terms of consistency, I think my this you know, it's a it's a solid move and I think it's something that could, you know, inject some excitement to the fan base.
0: Do you think the Falcons need to continue to address the running back position in the draft?
1: <sighs> they could take a shot like in the fourth or fifth round, but like I just think there's way more priorities. I know you want a draft on me just because, like of course you have your needs, but ultimately I just I don't think running back is this position where like it should be that much a priority at this point you know, let's see what mike davis to do a year and you know maybe the rotation grows who knows you know, i i don't think anyone currently on the roster is going to develop him to be like some big star but i just think they could get by for what it is
0: i know you're higher on Edo smith than a lot of other people explain to the people what you like about Edo.
1: Yeah, you just very, I always say just very elusive. I think he just has good vision. Like he he has a feel for the game, which you definitely grow to appreciate when you watch on film. I just don't think he's someone could care to workload. We've seen him get banged up. Uh, he's a little inconsistent as a protector, which is a little disappointing because, you know, you had those backs. It's like, you know, coming out of college, I was, I heard about like, him being this, you know, first time running back, but then. Path pro wise, he's been kind of underwhelming, but you know, I do think EO you know, Smith, he, he you know, has high football IQ, and I just love running backs that are elusive, even though kind of like Devontae Freeman doesn't have that you know breakaway speed. But I mean, someone that's useful, I just, I don't know, I, I wouldn't count on him having more than like five to seven carries a game at this point.
0: Do you think that the Falcons can get more out of Quadri Olison, or do you feel like this is a Mike Davis, Edo and then maybe a rookie thrown in there as the third guy?
1: like I don't know how much you could rate Austin just because the offense line was so bad at times, like he probably not had much to work with, but I don't know, there like there's no indication that he's more than a short yards back. You know, maybe maybe something changes, but I don't know. Like, I just I haven't seen anything. Like preseason he was kinda of underwhelming. He just seems like someone that, you know, you could rely on a short yard situation with his big body or of course goal line. But I just think right now with so much needs on the roster and after what Mike Davis did last year. You just go with it. But I could see him going running back me in the fourth or fifth round. Why not take a shot?
0: Okay. Um, but I want to continue this conversation with Alan. I have a listener question that I want to get into. And we'll we'll jump into that coming up on today's Locked On Falcons. But before we get there, guys, Bet Online is the fastest. It's the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL may be over. March Madness may be coming to an end. But the NBA, NHL, NASCAR, FCS college football are all in full swing. And of course, MLB is finally here. And Betaline isn't just good for sports. It even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Because Betaline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, sign up today at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So I know... You guys are ready for the NFL draft. And, of course, this is a perfect opportunity, if you haven't already, to subscribe to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, where hosts Trevor Sykema and Ben Solek give you those daily updates on all things draft-related, whether they're giving their final positional rankings over these next couple of days and weeks in the lead-up to the draft, or you're going to be checking out to get their team-centric guest mocks that are – coming right around the corner, so make sure that you follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Alan, you brought up Michael Turner, and, uh, you know, I had a someone send in a question to Locked Falcons on Twitter. He, he asked, who are the three best free agents, in your opinion, that the Falcons have signed in the last 20 years? Um, before, you know, I'm putting you on the spot to, to basically come up with this on the blue, but I basically yeah. whittled it down to like five players over the last 20 years because I had to go back like who were the best free agent signings of the Dan Reeves era and I was like oh two they signed work done and Todd Weiner mm-hmm. then you go to the Jim Moore era and I'm like it's got to be Rod Coleman if we're not counting John Abraham as a free agent sign because it technically was a trade
1: yeah no you can't count John Abraham it's and so trade. that
0: that um, yeah. removes Tony Gonzalez that removes yeah. Asante Samuel as well so he specifically
1: said free agent right yeah. yes
0: okay. and you know Obviously, Michael Turner is in that group as well. Um, and then I would say from the Dan Quinn era, the best signing would have been Alex Mack. You know, my three would have been Turner, Mack, and what else? I, Rod Coleman. That would
1: have been my three. All right. I was going to go personally. I was going to go Ray Edwards, Tyson mm. Jackson, Muhammad Sanu. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> I'm you know, that's a real insult to Mohammed Sanu, <laughs> really Sanu. I just I really insult to I love Mohammed I know, I know. Uh, I just try to piss you off. Yeah. Uh, no, in all seriousness, Turner has to be there. I think Alex Mack has to be there. Just He really changed things in 2016 just to overall instant impact, and I know he kind of faded in the last few years, but he really brought stability to a position that was becoming problematic. I know we were, we're Team James Stone, but he wasn't the answer, and there's about four other centers one guy got into. I already mentioned far too many questionable names on this podcast, but Alex Mack, I think, just based on instant impact and just bringing that solidarity to a really key position, because I think Matt Ryan desperately need like, some sort of, you know, consistent center, you know, to work with, so yeah, I think those two, and Man, I, uh, Rod Coleman might be it. Yeah. Who else? I think it's just Rod Coleman. People forget to had double digit sack seasons. It's just, it's unfortunate. He did it for teams that, you know, all right, 2004, great defense. But besides that, you know, the team was kind of underwhelming. You know, it was later part of the Jim Moore era. But, um, I think it comes down to Rod Coleman and War done, but oh, man.
0: I know. I know that the 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 argument against Coleman would be because he basically was only healthy for like two years, yeah, In oh four and oh five, and then oh six and oh seven. He was he was hurt um, a bunch, but like th- those years of like oh four and oh five when it was basically him and, and Patrick Kearney and, and those guys uh, up front, you know, those
1: were those were some good defensive lines. He just had a huge impact, so, and like I know Ward done had an impact as well, but. Like Rod Coleman, like wasn't he almost an all pro? I know he's a pro bowler, but he didn't he get like all pro consideration at one point. No, yep. feels right, but maybe that's just okay. my Falcon brain right. thinking
0: that he was our okay. all all pro or <laughs> all pro.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I think Rod Coleman worked done. they could be three a three big, but I'm. I know work done has a longevity. You definitely can't discount that. Like DVD legendary, of course. Man, like those early Rod Coleman years, man, he was a force to be reckoned with.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Well, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Maybe you had differing opinions. Maybe you would have thrown, uh, I guess, maybe Lawyer Malloy in the list. Or, or, or Dante uh, Robinson. Dante Robinson, Ed Hartwell, you know, some of the Falcon greats from yesteryear. Paul Solia, <laughs> I, I
1: know you were a big fan of. Oh, come on. We got to give up to Paul Solia. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but, yeah, I, I – I, I feel like every three years they come with like a banger, like when the Falcons comes like signings. Like it it, it doesn't happen year after year. Like they they'll make attempts to do it. It just ha- doesn't quite come to fruition. Like I really like the Dantari Poe sign, but you know, i you're not to put that up there.
0: Yeah, I mean we could we could do a Mount Rushmore of like one year impact guys. All right. John Asamoah, uh, Don Terry Poe. That's <laughs> so
1: yeah, it kinda was, you're right. Um, it's like Mount Rushmore. You put in John Zamora.
0: Yeah. You know, just like that one really good year that they had, you know, that, that was great. But you
1: it know was crazy. I heard recently uh, Jeff Schwartz was on the athletic podcast. He actually mentioned now him and John Zamora were competing for like a starting spot. I was like, wow, I can't believe someone said the word, name John Zamora and it wasn't Aaron.
0: Okay. i have to check out that episode. I missed it.
1: Yeah.
0: So guys, there you have it with Alan Sterk, our guests. Again, want to remind you that part two is coming up tomorrow where we get a lot more into the conversation about Matt Ryan, the decision to restructure Matt Ryan, what that means for the Falcons intentions to take a quarterback at the top of the draft, get into the nitty gritty that we're going to continue to talk about over the next month. We got a bunch of great guests coming on and next week, uh, and they will share their insights into that particular question about taking a quarterback at the top of the draft, as well as what the Falcons draft needs are since they are specialized. We'll, we'll get into the conversation about the quarterback with a guest, with a returning guest, Mark Schofield, uh, for next week as well. Probably not the last time Mark will be on the podcast before. Uh, the draft rolls around but uh, yeah we will definitely get Mark's thoughts on the quarterbacks and plan on getting some other people that have thoughts on the quarterbacks on the podcast as well so it's not a monolith and so that's what you can look forward to uh, next week's episodes of podcast we are definitely going to be pivoting very shortly to draft talk all the time so I got some great guests lined up for you guys Just definitely want to stay tuned uh, for future episodes of locked on Falcons of course tomorrow's episode as part two with Alan Sterk as well so make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Falcons, wherever you get your podcasts, Odyssey app, right? Google app, uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever. Even though I think the Stitcher link for some reason has been dead for two years. I never figured out why that happened. But anyway, um, check us out. Appreciate it, guys. Till then.